Welcome to the Clinical Research Podcast, bringing you the latest developments in research explained by our world-leading clinicians, academics and scientists based in Nottingham. This episode looks at research into advanced glaucoma treatment in a study called TAGS, which stands for the Treatment of Advanced Glaucoma Study. It's led by Professor Anthony King at Nottingham University Hospital's NHS Trust, and it's investigating whether it's better to treat glaucoma with eye drops or with surgery. Professor King told me about the problems of treating the disease. One of the problems with advanced glaucoma is that because glaucoma is a very um, slowly progressive and insidious disease, um, often people are unaware of it. Um, It creeps up on them and it's only detected quite late in its course when their vision becomes affected. And if your vision has become affected from your glaucoma, you've already got very advanced disease. It also tends to affect um, some ethnic minorities, such as those from Afro-Caribbean backgrounds and those from a poorer socioeconomic background. This will help hopefully target those groups more effectively. Are there any early ways of spotting if you've got glaucoma? I'm just thinking for the benefit of, of people who might be thinking, I wonder if I've got it. So sadly, there aren't really any um, early ways of reliably detecting glaucoma. Most glaucoma is detected um by um, opportunistic case finding when a patient goes to their optician, their optician finds that their pressure's high or that they uh, may have a visual field defect on visual field testing, and then they refer them for um, assessment for their glaucoma. There is an increased risk of developing glaucoma if you have um, a family member, a first degree family member, that uh, increases your risk. Moving on to your your study, What was that designed to find out? What was the research question, I guess? So the research question was really to determine whether or not um, using two well-established methods of treating glaucoma, that is drops or primary surgery with trabecolectomy, which are both established treatments within the NHS, whether one of them is better than the other in Uh, protecting people with advanced glaucoma from progressing and also exploring how it affected their quality of life. Can you just explain what a trebolectomy is? Glaucoma is a condition which is related to high pressure in the eye and um, the only known way of treating glaucoma effectively at the moment is to reduce that pressure. So all of our treatments are aimed at reducing pressure in the eye, whether they be drops, laser or surgery. So a trabecolectomy is an operation um, which we uh, undertake uh, on the eye for patients with glaucoma and essentially involves making a a small hole in the eye which allows the fluid to drain out of the eye uh, at a very slow pace. But that flow of fluid from the eye reduces the pressure in the eye. Okay, so that's one way basically you cut a small hole and let the... Let, let the liquid dribble out. What, what? Fluid drain out. Yeah, it's it's a bit more sophisticated than that, but that's essentially the plumbing involved. Yeah. Okay, and and so what do the drops do? So the drops, uh, and there is about five or six different types. They also reduce the pressure, but essentially the patient has to put the drops in their eyes um, one at least once a day, sometimes maybe five or six times a day, depending on how many drops they're using, uh, which uh, is inconvenient and which also um, can be a bit uncomfortable for, for patients because they sometimes are irritating, irritating to the eye and have other side effects. And we know also that because of those things um, and 
also because we're particularly dealing with an elderly population because it's primarily in the elderly that glaucoma occurs um, uh, sometimes putting drops in can be a bit technically difficult and sometimes there are some memory issues which you know affect patient's um, ability to put the drops in frequently and obviously if you're not putting the drops in you're not getting any value from it. I'm guessing that for that same group there's also going to be issues over a surgery as well. I don't think there are any issues in the elderly age group uh, with having surgery or with um, the outcomes of surgery. In fact the outcomes of surgery are generally better in an older population than they are in a younger population because surgery fails most frequently because it scars down afterwards the hole that we create scars over and and this seems to occur more aggressively in young people rather than in older people. So, um, and also people's willingness to, uh, to have surgery um, is, uh, is pretty high. We found that most people who participated in TAGS and were randomized to surgery were willing to go ahead and have it. Actually, patients are most really concerned about their quality of life outcomes, and they're willing to undertake whatever treatment is necessary for them to achieve those. How did you decide, design the study then to find to answer that question? We designed it as a randomized control trial. Um, so essentially, um, we are we, we obviously did a power calculation. We identified that we needed 440 patients who were allocated um, either to medicine or to primary surgery. So about 220 in each uh, study arm. And then we followed them up for two years. The only study intervention was whether they had drops or surgery. After that, it was standard care. So essentially the clinician looking after those patients then decided what further interventions they needed, if any. And at two years, uh, we evaluated their quality of life and their clinical outcomes, and also the cost effectiveness of those interventions. There were 27 different centers in the UK involved in this study. So, uh, and about 60 or 70 surgeons, because we really wanted this to be representative of what happens in the UK. We wanted it to be, um, uh, to, to be identified as a very pragmatic trial, which reflects you know, what actually is going on in the NHS and the true uh, outcomes that we achieve. And what was it that you found? What was what were the results? So what we found at two years is that in terms of quality of life, there's no material difference between drops and surgery if you have them. So uh, uh, patients are equally happy with either. Um, when we look at the clinical outcomes, uh, we found that the pressure, which I mentioned earlier as the, the, the main treatment uh, uh, aspect of glaucoma was markedly lower in the patients who had had trabecolectomy um, by about three millimeters of mercury, which is clinically significant. Um, and uh, that's the obviously the patients who required trabecolectomy were using had trabecolectomy were using far fewer drops than those who were uh, automatically in the drop arm. In terms of vision, we found no clinical the material difference between either the visual acuity, which is the ability to see letters on the chart, or the visual field change, which is the test that you do looking at the flickering lights when you go to the optician. So uh, in terms of cost effectiveness, we found that it was cheaper to undertake uh, drops over two years, but modeled over a patient's lifetime, the suggestion was that probably trabecolectomy was cheaper. But of course, we've only got two year results to make those assumptions on. So are you continuing to monitor follow up? The HTA have awarded us some additional funding to uh, review these patients again at five years. 
Um, and this is very important. Um, patients with glaucoma um, have lifelong follow-up. Their disease stays with them for the rest of their lives. So what we really want to know is um, what the lifetime outcomes for patients are. And five-year outcomes will give us a much better insight in that. And it's normal for patients with glaucoma to continue to be followed up every six to nine months routinely anyway. So we will be able to collect this data to inform these outcomes. And so what are the implications, do you think, for treatment clinically in the future? I expect that the results of this study will be incorporated into the various glaucoma guidelines in the UK, in Europe and around the world. So um, it the... The outcomes suggest that because surgery reduces pressure more, it may actually have better long-term uh, effectiveness, even though that's impossible to predict with certainty with two-year outcomes. One of the big concerns that um, surgeons had with uh, undertaking a primary trabeculectomy, that is your first choice of intervention, was that all operations are associated with complications. And they wanted to be uh, they, they were uncertain what the safety aspect was in terms of um, glaucoma surgery in this group of patients. And essentially, we found that there was no serious sight loss associated with uh, glaucoma surgery. Uh, and uh, at two years, essentially, both sets of patients had the same quality of life. So I think that has allayed to some extent the concerns about uh, the, the risk of complications with surgical intervention. Do you think there's likely to be any cost implications? So there is a, an upfront cost for surgery. Upfront, costs, uh, surg upfront surgical costs are more expensive than, um, than the, uh, the drops. Um, but I suppose um, that the point of, of the cost evaluation is to look at it over the lifetime of the patient. And the modelling suggests that trabeculectomy in the long run will be more cost effective than uh, than the drops. But of course, you know, it's modeled and at two years, the trabeculectomies are still more expensive than drops. I think that covers everything I wanted to cover. Is there anything else you wanted to particularly say? No, I just wanted to say a big thank you to all of my colleagues throughout the country who have uh, participated to recruit patients and follow my pa follow these patients up to make TAGS a, a very successful study. Um, without them, we wouldn't really have been able to achieve um, this and uh, for their, and thanks to all the patients also for agreeing to participate because without them, we wouldn't have been able to achieve this either. And also to thank them all for the continuing and ongoing support because they are still following these patients up for the five-year study, which is extremely important. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you very much, Matt. Cheers, thank you, bye-bye. Thanks for listening. There are links in the show notes for more information on clinical research in Nottingham and the website is nuh.nhs.uk forward slash research. Our email and social media links are there too. If you want to stay up to date with the Clinical Research Podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever you normally get your podcasts. The more shows are rated and reviewed, the more search engines like them and the easier it is for people to find us. So if you can subscribe and rate and review us, You'll be doing it for science, not just for our egos. Mm -hmm.